Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. At this morning, I'm going to bring us literally a set of questions, uh, not necessarily um, um, a word in that sense, uh, but I'll be asking a few questions, and if I'm to title this, it will be timely questions that matter. Uh, timely questions that matter, if I'm the title of this, this, this message. And um, we know many people, we know some of us at least know um, a lot of people who ask a lot of questions. Uh, there are lots of questions on earth and a lot of people ask a lot of questions. And some of these questions actually can be a little silly um, sometimes. Um, you find someone who is eating food, it's clear that he's eating food. And then you look at him and say, Ambassador, are you eating? I mean, it's very clear that that's what he's doing. And, and you still question that. Or maybe you find someone who is crying. And it's crying, right? Have you seen a pastor cry before? <laughs> and the person is literally crying. And then it's not laughing. And then you're asking, oh, are you crying? I mean, what response do you expect from that answer? And it's, it's, it's just questions that are not that you're wondering, what kind of question is this, right? Um, you might even ask yourself the same question at some point in your life. Um, I know I've at some point looked at myself and said, come on, you know now. Um, so it, it, it depends on, on what circumstance you're on. So we ask different kinds of questions. Uh, but this morning, um, there are a few questions I'll be asking, just four of them. Uh, and, and these questions really have eternal consequences. And um, it's really important that we reflect on them. It's really important that we think about them. Uh, they will recall what we've been teaching in the past, maybe six, uh, past few months uh, here at the Hills. And um, God really wants us to answer these questions. So I want to begin this morning with 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. I read the NIV version, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 5. It says, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. Examine yourselves, whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. How do you test yourselves? You answer questions. How do you test yourselves? You respond to if you're in a school and um, you've been asked at the end of the session an assessment. It's usually a question that is being asked. Something to test your knowledge, to see if you understood what has been taught over the period. So there are four questions this morning. And I'll begin with the first one. It says, do you have life? That might sound a bit strange. Do you have life? John chapter 20, verse 31. The NIV version again. John 20, verse 31. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. By believing, you may have life in his name. Do you have life? 
Now, this question may sound strange, especially for those who have been in church for a very long time, probably born in the church, baptized in the church, and probably have been attending all kinds of services. Unfortunately, attending church does not necessarily mean existence of life. Just because a person is in church every single Sunday does not mean they have this life that we're talking about, the eternal life. Religiosity is not equivalent to life. Being a member of a church or being answering a Christian, you know, when they give you the form, you fill it out, it doesn't also imply this life. How do I know this? In a conversation between Jesus and a man in John chapter 3, and I'm going to read this scripture, John 3 from verse 1. I'll read the NLT version. From verse 1, it says, There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After that one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. Verse 4, what do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the spirit. Humans can produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So you can't explain where people are born of the Spirit or how people are born of the Spirit. Verse 9, how are these things possible? Nicodemus asked. Listen to this. Verse 10, Jesus replied, are you a respected Jewish teacher? And yet you don't understand these things. Pause there for a minute. There are three things this scripture is saying about this particular man. Number one, in verse one, he says he is a Pharisee. That means he embraced the law and possibly forced others to embrace the law as well. Second, in verse one, he says that he is a Jewish religious leader, which implies that he was a very responsible human being. So he wasn't just a one guy that is just walking up and down. He was very, very responsible. Third, in verse 10, this is from Jesus directly. You are a respected Jewish teacher. Three things about this man. So this man must have been a very important man. And he must have been also a very intelligent person. So it wasn't that he didn't know anything about the Bible or that he wasn't familiar with God at all. No, he was probably the voice of the Jews, probably a very, very important, influential person. No wonder why he came at night, so that he would not be seen by other people. But his question is asking, implying that he didn't understand what was going on. He was religious, but had no life in him. 
He was religious, but didn't understand what it meant to be born again. What it meant to have God in him. Religiosity says my works can earn God's favor. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. Regeneration or renewal or being born again in the words of Jesus says it is only possible through Jesus Christ. Redemption is possible through Jesus Christ. You see, as a human being, we are made up of three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. I want you to repeat it with me. I am a spirit, I have a soul, and I live in a body. Here is the thing. So the body does not get born again. There is nothing you can do to the human body to get born again. It remains the same. The soul does not get born again either. What happens to the soul is that it can get transformed, it can get renewed, but it doesn't get born again. The part that is really important is your spirit. That's the part that is very important. If you go back to what Jesus said in verse 6, he said humans can reproduce only human life, but the human spirit, sorry, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. It is the spirit that quickens our spirit to come alive. In John 6, 63, the Bible says it is the spirit that gives life. It is the spirit that quickens the flesh Profits nothing. So what is this life we're talking about? It is the eternal, eternal life, not the human one. It is possible for a person to look very healthy, to have all the money in the world, to be very rich, very influential, and yet the person does not have eternal life. It is possible for a person to always attend church and still not have eternal life. It is possible for a person to be full of life, full of hope. Just you look at the person, you just see life just moving up and down. Very joyful. At the same time, life might be missing. There must be a moment in each person's life when the person consciously pledges their allegiance to God. Consciously. And if you've not done this, there's an invitation this morning Consciously pledge your allegiance to God. Pledge your allegiance to Jesus Christ. It must happen. Jesus said in verse 3, unless you are born again, you cannot, cannot means in English, possibility. You cannot see the kingdom of God. It is not humanly possible to experience the kingdom of God without being born again. The first question do you have life? Do you have life? In John 17, verse 3, and I'm saying a lot in the book of John, that book alone has about 56 words of, uh, the word life is mentioned about 56 times in that book alone. It's, it's just about the kingdom of God and life. In John 17, 3, it says, and this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. This is how to receive that life. To come to that place where you acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior. To come to that place where you receive him into your life. Life comes from Jesus Christ. The next question is, do you still believe? 
do you still believe? A few weeks ago, Pastor I.D. was ministering and he declared saying revival is here. Do you still believe? The promises that God has met to you, do you still believe them? The words that have been spoken over your life, it's been 10 years, 15 years. Do you still believe they can come to pass? The children, like I said earlier, literally preached these words. They quoted most of the scriptures that I have here. Do you still believe in Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12? The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. You see, when a promise has been made, and then you wait for it one year, it didn't work. Two years, it didn't work. Sometimes you might get to that point where it's like, whatever. It's, 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 it's just not going to happen. Or you're praying about a particular thing, and then you've prayed once, twice, and it looks like it's not working. It's like, maybe God doesn't want to hear. Or maybe he's not even answering me. Maybe it's just not going to work. Do you still believe the Lord? What are your daily actions saying about your faith? It's not about what you say. Most people will say, I believe. But what are your actions saying? Are they affirming your faith or are they saying that you don't believe God at all? Your actions must confirm that you believe God. Do you still believe God? Let's keep this real. You've, you've, you've applied for something and they didn't respond. Are you going to apply again? Or are you going to say whatever? You are looking for a job and then you've applied and it's not working or a contract or whatever it is. Do you still believe when God said to you that it's going to work out? In Luke 145, the Bible says, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which we are told her from the Lord. There is a connection between believing and fulfillment. One scripture that I really, that is, that is really, really important uh, is Luke 18, verse 8. That scripture actually gives me some concern. He says, in the letter of it, he says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? Let me explain so you understand what that means. Let's assume the plan of God is to give you that blessing on the ninth day. On the first day you are believing, second day you are believing, third day you are believing, fourth, fifth. It's as if it's not working. On the eighth day, you might say, whatever. When he comes, he only delivers blessings that connects with faith. That's what he's saying. When the Son of Man comes to deliver that blessing, are you still available to receive it? Your faith is a magnetic force that receives the blessings of God. Is your faith still active to receive it? This is why in Luke 22, verse 31, Jesus had in the spiritual realm looked over Peter and had seen that something is going wrong. The devil is about to destroy this guy. And then he said to him in verse 31, Simon, Simon, come, come, come. Indeed, Satan has asked to sift you as a wheat, but I have prayed for you, not that you will not be tempted. 
Not that your ship will not capsize. Not that your, you will not lose everything. No, no, no. That's not what I'm praying for, Simon. I pray that your faith will not fail. Why? This is the currency that is recognized in the spirit. I've prayed so that this currency does not devalue in your hand. You don't lose this currency. Faith is of great importance. In Hebrews, like the children quoted this morning, 11 verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God. How do you receive from someone who is not pleased with you? It is impossible to receive at his hand. Do you still believe? Those who are probably not even attending church anymore. If you can hear the sound of my voice. Do you still believe the Lord? You've tried, but it's as if it's not working. Do you still believe the Lord? The Lord is asking you to trust him one more time. In the season you've tried, it's as if that relationship is not working. It's as if nothing is working after you've prayed, after you've cried. Do you still believe the Lord? Are you still willing to give it one more try? Are you still willing to step out again? Do you still believe the Lord? Are you willing to try it again? Do you still believe the Lord? Without faith, it is impossible to please God question number three there are only four of them is your love for him growing or dying is your love for him growing or dying there is no stability point when it comes to love you're either growing or it's dying except you're a magician it's either growing or it's not growing at all or it's dying now, how can you prove if your love for God is growing or not? An increased desire to please God affirms a growing love for God. Do you have a desire, a consistent desire, a growing desire to please God? Do you have a desire to obey Him? Your obedience to God and His Word is the number one evidence of your love for Him. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, if you truly love me, obey me. Let me ask you this question. What's your obedience level this morning? Love is expressed through obedience. How do you prove yourself if your love is growing? An increased desire to spend time with God. It indicates a growing love for God. About five weeks ago, Pimo charged us to build an altar. Do you have an altar today? Is that altar erected or was it just erected that day and destroyed the following day? Do you have an altar? Do you have a relationship that is consistent with God? We can do this by praying, by reading the word of God. When was the last time you read the scripture? Beyond the one we're reading in church this morning. Have you even opened your Bible in the last seven days? The psalmist said in Psalm 16 verse 11, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16 verse 11. Desire to spend time with God. 
desire to spend time with God. You can take a retreat. You can do whatever it takes. Desire to spend time with God. You wake up in the morning, don't just hop out from your bed. Desire to spend time with God. Have a moment with God each day. How do you know if your love is growing? An increasing desire to tell others about God indicates a growing love for God. In, Psalm, in, in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, Matthew 5 14, I'm going to read that scripture. It says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. Verse 16, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine before others. Say to your neighbor, shine. Come on, come on, preach it. Say to your neighbor, shine. shine. Say to your neighbor, shine. shine. Let your light shine before others. It affirms your love for God. It shows that you love Him. Are you ministering to others around you? How do you prove your growing love for God? A desire to give indicates that you love God. Do you have a desire to give? Increasing desire to give. Giving is an expression of love. It's impossible to declare that you love someone and you have absolutely no desire to give them anything. Even people who are certified stingy people, certified with their name, I am stingy, they still give to people they love. You can say, I love the Lord, I love the Lord, and then nothing comes out from your pocket. Nothing comes out from you. Some people get into this argument, is tithing biblical? You know, should we give our tithe? And here's my response. If you have to ask that question, maybe you shouldn't give at all. There is no point. The Bible says God loves cheerful givers. It's not about your giving, it's about your heart. He doesn't need your money. He can always finance his projects. Give to the Lord because he first gave us. He said, for God so loved the word that he gave. Look at that statement. That he gave because he loved us. That's why he gave. He gave everything. And then we are debating on 10%. And it's not just about money. It's about your time. It's about your resources. It's about yourself. Can you give them to the Lord? Is your love growing? I hope you're checking this morning. Or is it dying? The final question. Are you in the flow? <laughs> are you in the flow? Yesterday's prayer meeting was really amazing. I really hope and really wish that everyone attended. It was indeed a really, really good meeting. It is in the flow that you are filled with the Holy Spirit. It is in the flow that you find power to do life. It is in the flow that you have oil that you need in days like this. 
You need the flow to live in Nigeria, to be honest with you. In John 7, verse 37. John 7, 37. The Bible says, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, that was our theme yesterday, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Out of his belly, anyone who drinks of me, Anyone who comes to me, out of his belly flows rivers of living water. To be in the flow, you need to be in the zone. You can't be in the flow when you are not in the zone. Don't miss prayer meetings. And it's not just about gathering together. You might just call a friend or two friends and say, can we pray together? Or just in the middle of the night, you wake up, raise your hands to heaven and declare him Lord of all. Whatever it takes, be in the flow. The world is dark and it's consistently getting darker. The Bible says in Isaiah 60 verse 2, it says, And darkness covers the earth and deep darkness the people. It's even worse for the people. So it takes being in the flow to be able to live the life of God and shine. You can't fulfill the first part of it in Isaiah 60 verse 1, arise and shine, when you are also part of the darkness. You have to be in the flow. You cannot experience amazing results in your life when you are not in the flow. As a Christian, you might say, but unbelievers seem to be thriving. Well, you are not an unbeliever. You have to be in the flow to be able to flow with the Lord, to be able to rise in the season. And I want us to get in the flow this morning. I want us to get in the flow this morning. You have to be there. Let the Spirit of God work in you. Let the life of God penetrate in you. Let that be this joy, this hunger, this thing that just flows out of your spirit at all times. Are you in the flow at this time? Are you in the flow? If you can pray in the Spirit, this is the moment to do so. Are you in the Spirit? My invite my heels music to please come. Are you in the Spirit? Whoever thirsts, let him come. I know you were thirsty yesterday, but are you thirsty today? Say, Lord, I come. He wants us to be consistently thirsty, hungry for Him. Are you in the flow? Are you in the flow? Rikusima Luka Teili Kamahan. Are you in the flow this morning? It's not a long word. Are you in the flow? Are you in the flow? Rikusama Hike Rosanan. Do you have life? If you don't, that's the place to begin this morning. Ask him, Lord, come into my life. I receive you into my spirit. I receive you. I pledge my allegiance to you. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. If you're not sure, if you're not sure about that decision, you can make that this morning. Do you still believe the Lord? Say, Lord, I believe you. Help my unbelief. Lord, I believe you. Lord, I believe you. 
Lord, I believe you. Help my unbelief. Your faith is necessary. Do you not cast away? Do not cast away your confidence. Do not cast away your faith. It has exceeding reward. Say, Lord, I believe you. Is your love growing or is it dying? Say, Lord, increase my love for you. I love you, Lord. Declare that this morning. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.